Are they real? Is it true? Let's find out. This is Rebels Without a Clue. G'day guys and welcome to the show. I'm Tony. And I'm Brad. And uh, how have you been this week, bud? Very well, mate. And yourself? Oh yeah, still uh, still going Kicking along? Yeah, you know, a bit like that. That's it. Yeah, that's a bit it. like that. Um, well, look, seeing as we're trying to get into this uh, pretty juicy topic this week, I'm just going to get this stuff out of the way right, nice and quick. So, if you haven't answered already, guys, be sure to go like and subscribe us on uh, Anchor, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, or whatever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow us on our social medias on Instagram, Rebels Without a Clue 03, Twitter, Rebels Without a One, Facebook, Rebels Without a Clue Podcast, as well as the Generation Random Network Facebook page, and on Generation Random on Discord. There we go. Roll there we through go. that nicely. All right. So, well, Brad, this week. So, obviously, there's a lot of people who delve into YouTube quite deeply. It's a very large Pandora's box to fall down. So, what me and Tony decided this week is we thought we'd have a look at some of the infamous creatures that people have stumbled across and potentially like ghosts or spirits or hauntings um, that are kind of quite infamous across YouTube. So, that's kind of the focus this week. And I must say, I'm pretty pumped to do this one. It was a lot of fun doing the research. Yeah, we actually put a bit of work into this one this mm-hmm. time. Like, usually because we're lazy and, well, time constraints, we pick an easy task and pick, like, a movie or something. But True. this time, like, I think we uh, delved a bit deeper and did some decent research. I must say, the research that we've conducted over the last, I suppose, week has been quite extensive. Uh, normally, I reserve that kind of research depth for school, but... I was actually quite content to do it this way. Yeah, nah. Uh, and you know what? The funny thing is we, we came across this like this topic for this week literally just by having our, I don't know, work, like by ourselves doing our own little kind of deep dives into YouTube and then bang, up yeah. pops this topic. That's the way so, it rolls. Brad, please. So how we're going to work with this one is we're going to basically go through some of probably the most infamous uh, creatures ever caught on film or disgust or you know potentially with the highest youtube views and so how we're going to incorporate as well with that is i'm going to give a few stories of personal accounts of really kind of creepy situations that i've been involved in as well that i thought you guys might would appreciate as well well look i can tell you guys like i've heard these stories before and i'm still as i don't know, I guess entranced yes. by the stories every time you tell them. So yes. it's, it's cool stuff. So to break it in, I thought I'll give one story just to entice you guys to have a bit of a listen and hear out what I actually have to say. So going back to school times for me, I um, actually was going with a group of students to Castlemaine Jail. So I don't know for our American listeners, from where we are, it's about a three-hour drive away. And it's an old jail that was used. It's now been kind of refurbed as a tourist attraction. And we did that. Uh, it was the Japanese students, Italian students, and I think the French students. We all went down there. And basically what had happened was we were staying for the weekend, a couple of nights. Anyways, it was, it's an eerie place to begin with. Like, it's a jail when you think about it. So naturally, there's kind of that 
you know, eerie vibe that there was prisoners here, all that kind of feel. Anyways, as the first night rolled in, we were kind of designated each of our uh, cells, if you so want to call it that. It was two per- people per cell. The cells were quite small. I'd probably say in the space of like a oh, maybe eight by six cell. And so it wasn't quite large. Anyways, we went to bed that night and what had happened was everything was sweet. You know, me being the creepy fucker that I am, basically <laughs> decided to open the door just to kind of listen to the sounds. Of course. And jail sounds at night are quite ominous. Like, you know, when you move into a new house or you're in an unfamiliar environment that you're staying at someone else's house and there's always those creepy kind of sounds. Like the creaks and- Exactly. Sort of groans right? of the house, you know, yeah. that so, sort of so, sound. So describe what, what kind of sounds were you hearing in, in the jail? Well, it sounds like, you know, it's it's- Kind of weirdly, there's not much um, wood, but it sounds like floorboards creaking a lot. I don't know why. Wow. Like a lot of the refurb section had been recarpeted. Um, so rather than having cold metal concrete, you know, make it more appealing for travelers and visitors and whatever. Right. So when you'd hear someone walk on the ground, it was like that was the cement was paved over and then there was like a wooden underlay underneath it. And it's just the sounds of creak. Um Weirdly, it was like the sounds of tapping bars. Like, uh, yeah, I I don't know. I don't know. That's 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 creepy. It was. It absolutely was. Anyways, so we all went to bed that night. Anyways, woke up in the morning and a couple of my friends, uh, Rob and Tyson, were staying in the same cell. They came out of the cell and Rob came out first and everything was sweet with that. Then Tyson decided to walk out and basically... Tice said to us, something's not right. I was like, okay, what do you mean? He's like, go have a look at Rob. Rob looked like a pale ghost in an easy way of putting it. Okay. He was very white in the face and just, you know, someone didn't look right. Anyway, so we went up to him, you know, tried speaking to him. He wasn't really giving much, but it was at that point that he basically when. He leant back and he scratched himself. And I distinctly remember this. He scratched himself and we could see marks on his neck. Scratched himself where? Just on the neck, on the side of the neck. Okay, right. And like had leant back with his head to scratch himself. Right. And in the process of doing that, we noticed like fingerprints on his neck. Fingerprints? Fingerprints, yes. You're talking fingerprints or like hand marks? Well, if, either way, like Like are we talking marks. like, you know, for example, like when you're like- for example, when you slap someone really hard and you leave that kind of reddish handprint, are we talking like that sort of style? Yes, or? to the point of bruising. So it had blackened right. already at that okay, point. Okay, so it's not like he was uh, down at the cop shop putting down his fingerprints. No, no, no not, not, <laughs> not to that extent. So basically, we kind of had a closer look at his neck and found like someone had actually grabbed his neck and we were like, what the fuck? Like, Tice, what did you do? And he's like, bro, I did nothing. Like, me and Rob slept throughout the night and that was it. Anyway, so we tried getting stuff out of Rob and he just wouldn't say anything. Like super quiet, just really, really off. Anyway, so we went and spoke to the lady who was conducting the tour and we said, oh, look, there's a bit of a situation. Um, One of the boys has come out with uh, fingerprints, like hand marks on his neck. And she's like, which cell were they in? And we said, oh, it was 216. And her face dropped. Her face dropped. 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 Like, oh. It, like that exact like- expression. It was like, oh, oh. And we're like, oh, what, what's up? What's up? 
And basically, she had said that 216 shouldn't have had occupants in that actual cell. Right, okay. And what had gone on uh, after a little bit of... Uh, we got told, we got kind of pushed aside and she spoke to the teacher and whatever. And uh, we found out that 216 was the cell that people weren't supposed to occupy due to the fact that there was actually a prisoner um, who was killed in there uh, by being strangled to death. Right. So... There was kind of a theory, you know, obviously wild speculation was thrown around about what had happened. Um, and like I said, you know, the teacher interviewed Tyson and basically said, did you do anything? Please, you know, we need to know. And Tyson was like, miss, I was asleep. I did nothing. It, it, he was like that. Right. So Rob, obviously having those fingerprints on his neck, we decided to make a boogie on not long after that, um, a lot of the school didn't, well, the classes didn't want to stay too much longer after that because we were supposed to stay another night. That right. never happened. And yeah, they kind of verified after Rob had gone to the doctors that they were genuine handprints on his neck. So there was that idea that was thrown around that Rob had been, oh, I don't know what you want to call it, taunted by a spirit at night. And probably one of the scariest kind of experiences like first-hand account experiences I think I've ever had yeah. in terms of kind of the connection between the ghostly world and the real world. Yeah. And he never – and your mate Rob. Yeah. Rob, was it? Yeah. 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 And he never really spoke about it Didn't after he? all this, did he? No, no. And that that, that that was the strange thing because you'd think someone that had gone through that experience would want to talk about it and say what had happened and – but. Till this day, we never ever got the full story of what Rob had thought or felt or anything like that. He, every time he like it gets brought up, he used to just walk away. So, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was just not something that even um, we had a reunion not long ago. I think it was about three or four years ago. And Vanessa, his wife, um, said it had come up in conversation. I hadn't told you this. And- he teared up at the thought of it and he's like, babe, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. So Whoa. it was pretty full on, pretty full on. That's intense. It was. Wow. It was. So so that's more of like a, a ghostly spirit. Correct. Spirity apparition. Yes. Of sorts. Which, <laughs> that's not the only one that you've come across. They no, seem to follow you. They do. They do. They do. And I'm not going to go into them just yet. I'm going to entice the listeners to listen on because I have some pretty hectic stories coming up soon. Oh, so you're going to like weed them through. We'll just 100%. start. We'll just give them a taste of I'll one. Give them a taste. Okay. Yeah. 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 I'm with Fucking you. reel out I'm that rod. You. Fucking capture them and pull them back. All right. I've oh, got a big it. snag on I that one. I dig it. I dig it. So yeah. somewhat related to what we're sort of talking about. So we've done... As we mentioned earlier, we've done a fair bit of research. So um, we've sort of looked into kind of like mythical creatures that have been captured on film, like on security cameras and that sort yeah, of shit, yeah. and gone through that sort of footage and a bit more like sort of documentation stuff on, on the net. Um, so we've gathered a few like that we could find that we sort of thought, you know what, there's there's got to be something to this. Yeah, and you know? the first one that we decided to discuss uh, is the Night Crawlers. Um, of Fresno. Or fr of Fresno. And, well, you know, they've called them aliens and all sorts of different kind of names that have been attached to these supposed entities. Yeah. Now, for those who don't know what the Nightcrawlers of Fresno are, the only way I can describe them is that they look like, basically, uh, it looks like a, pu like a white cloth puppet 
that walks that's got like a really small torso and really long legs yes it's they're just really weird and the weird part of it all is is that from the footage you see of these creatures it it doesn't seem feasible or even look like that they could be a puppet from where they're filmed because they're filmed out in like in the forest some sort of park yeah like a park or or maybe some like lighter scrub whatever it just doesn't seem like that would be doable and if you haven't seen the footage, it, it dates back to 2011. So and it actually has 1.4 million views. So that's kind of like the most infamous footage of it. It was uh, an investigator um, called Victor Camacho who actually analyzed it um, and they said it was found in 2007. Um, he was basically contacted after the man who captured the footage. It was brought to him... Um, from his front lawn in South Fresno um, to the television network looking for answers. Yes, that, so, was, the, that was one of the- That was one of the- Exactly, exactly. So it was just interesting because like me and Tony watched it and I think kind of one of the most distinguishing aspects of it was what we talked about when it was walking behind the log. Yeah, it, you can see it walking behind, like for example, like branches come into the foreground. Yeah. And then you see them sort of walk behind it, but you can see the branches sort of like- blocking the view of this creature right and you think for the little detail of that branch it looks like that was a little bit too hard to digitally enhance enhance and produce but i don't know this is a tough one it it is because even watching all the different kind of videos and you know little documentary or miniseries stuff that they had on it we kind of sat there thinking like it's very hard to kind of explain away the origins or the kind of how someone would create that creature. Like where does that even stem from? Like yeah. obviously it looks like a CCTV footage. It's definitely CCTV footage. Exactly. Right? So obviously it's not the best quality footage. No. Which that's something that we'll delve into a little bit deeper. Yeah. A little bit later on. Yeah. But yeah, it's on pretty low quality footage. Yeah. But- you can see them clearly in that footage. And even the way they walk. Yeah. The way they walked, it just didn't seem it didn't seem like well, it's it's anthropoid, if that's No, like it it's it just didn't seem anything that it's would hard walk to on explain two legs. until you actually watch the footage. And do you know what? I may even post a link on the actual Facebook page just for you guys to get a gauge of it. Yeah, well, we'll um, yeah, we'll put them on the Facebook page so you guys can suss them out. Because, you know, obviously it leaves a lot of room for interpretation. And, you know, there's obviously going to be a lot of skeptics and a lot of people that are kind of for the idea of this. And, like, these night crawlers have now kind of embedded themselves in, I suppose, folklore around that area. And Folklore borderlining urban legend. Yeah, to yeah. that point. Yeah. So... And- and as we like, as we sort of go through all these different ones, including the night nightwalkers, you like, and me and you had a little bit of like had our couple of arguments, yeah, as going through this research because you're more on the side of I'm open to things, open to yeah. it. Yeah. Me, I'm a bit more of a, spe- a skeptic, a skeptic. I'm a skeptic. No, you're a spastic. Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So I'm a bit more of a skeptic. So. Yeah. Uh, even like looking at this footage, I'm trying with like kind of a spec. Uh, really, I can't <laughs> it's speak. Spastic. I'm trying to look at it objectively. Yep. But looking at how they walk and just the kind of elements of the footage, it's kind of hard to 
just write it off as yeah. just made up. And this Camacho guy who was the paranormal investigator that um, was asked to review the footage um, had actually said that it looked like an extraterrestrial insectoid, uh, which was approximately three feet tall and then resembling a praying mantis, which is kind of an interesting synopsis. I, I wouldn't get the praying mantis no, thing from it. No. That, I didn't get that feel to it. No, me neither. Um, but kind of watching it, I think the leg movements is kind of the real interesting aspect of it. Yeah, because the leg movements, as far as like otherworldly, they're just really fluid motions. That, or I feel like maybe Travolta's, you know, staying alive pants they had on <laughs> <laughs> as they were walking. I was wearing flares. Fucking oath. And I feel like I want to put that soundtrack over that footage just to kind of give that a nice perspective. Um, it, it borderlines on pajama pants. It's like he's gone to Dimmy's to buy flannies and he's like, yeah, fuck this. I'm going to stand alive, stand alive. <laughs> yeah. Oh, aliens are, still I, in, if, aliens are still in the flares. That's so oh, no, 2002. Oh, exactly. And that's why the footage is dated. But if I said to you, like, how credible does this footage seem to you? Like, how would you answer that? It looks like a starting point to be looked into at greater detail. Yes, yes, I agree. I completely agree. Yeah. And in terms of the folklore that it's now kind of established, like, I I think it's kind of cool because you think with all the footage that we've reviewed, there's so many towns that have kind of had these experiences that have now created this little marketing gimmick. Um, And obviously that kind of embeds it in that folklore slash urban legend or myth or whatever you want to call it. But it's just the the sad part of that side of it is when they kind of take the folklore and kind of make it kind of like the kind of- Comical? Yeah, it makes it comical and a less believable thing. So then you kind of think that, oh, it's just some- It detracts away from it. It really does. Yeah. And it's harder to take seriously when they got fucking- Gift shops and tourist attractions of the Fresno Nightcrawlers. Like, oh, really? And, Come and, on. And I think the interesting point to say is the fact that, you know, we ha- we've had a look at the footage and, you know, like I said, it was found in 2007 and then properly reviewed in 2011. With the updated technology that we now have, why hasn't there been scientific investigation conducted? And this is what I said to you the night that we were researching. Yeah. And that's one of the things that got me really annoyed. When we were looking at all this footage, just the lack of like further research or investigation into these myths and legends. Like you get that initial footage, someone looks over it, and then that's the last you hear of it. Like, yeah. Where the, why is no one else following this shit up? Yeah. Especially you think about with like you were saying earlier, with the tech that's available now, so you've got info you got um, thermal cams, you've got drones that you can basically have patrolling spots you can't get to. Um You've got better high-quality cameras, like security cameras now you can have installed to yeah. have like better quality footage to capture this shit. Yeah. And they work off motion alerts. So it's like, really? You can't get anything? And it wouldn't exactly require like a hugely financial aspect to no. it. Because, you know, the layman can go out there, buy a drone, attach thermal equipment to it, and, you know, let that run for a while. Dude, you wouldn't even need to do that. Pretty much, let's say the security cameras at your house. You, like, let's say you could buy a decent set American. Yeah. Right. Probably buy a decent set American for about five hundred dollars. Yeah. 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 Right. They'll 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 have motion alerts on them. So if it detects motion, they'll pick it up. Yeah. And you'll for be able sure. to see it. So it's like, why does no one else look further into this shit? I don't understand. Okay. So rounding out that one, how do you feel 
is it real or have we debunked it? Like, do we feel more inclined to say it's unexplained or that it's complete bullshit? I want to go more into the path of is it bullshit or is this something that should be looked further into? And absolutely, it right? should be looked further yes, into. Yes, I believe yeah. it should be looked yes. further into because Correct. there's something to it, but we won't know unless the investigation goes forward. Yeah, exactly. So- Right, what do we got next? Okay, this one is super controversial in terms of skeptics and, you know, realist people who think that ghosts exist. It's the Hampton Court ghost. Yeah. This one proposed a lot of evidence um, in terms of pictures and footage. And so, again, I will post a link to the Facebook page so you guys can have a look. So, having a look at it, Hampton Court actually has a really, really long history um, of sightings, of pictures, of people of history that have been captured or, you know, talked about as a part of the actual hauntings. And so, you know, there was an image essentially the first that we examined. Right. Yeah. Um, that was captured and it looked like- So, it was a photo taken from, what's the 70s? So the tourist took that photo. Yeah, something like that. So it was still on film camera. Yes. Like like your normal point and shoot, but pre-digital. This is on normal old school film. Yes. And in the photo, like you can interpret it in a multitude of different ways. So looking at it, it definitely looks like a period style gown. Um, What kind of stood out for me, and I'll post a picture of the image as well, is it looks like a gag in the mouth. Yeah. But again, Tony had a completely different interpretation to a lot of it. Like in terms of, you know, the limbs, it didn't look right at times. The proportion proportion of her limbs looked wrong. Yeah. They looked too elongated. Yeah. Right. To look just like a normal person. Um, Look, especially the, where her, I guess her head start, like the bottom of her jaw. Yeah. Compared to where her shoulder line started, it was too big a gap. Yeah. Yeah. I mean- Maybe that can be construed as maybe this was a person that had suffered decapitation. True. Maybe true, took a trip to the guillotine. Yeah. Never know. Um, but it just, I don't know, for, for some reason, I was finding it really hard to believe that photo. Yeah. Just, uh, there were so many things about it just seemed wrong, and especially for something like that. I mean, it's not something that's in the like in the background that you kind of- No, really it was very see. much it's in the foreground. It's really up front and personal. Like, yeah. You, look, it's, it's basically like- Whoever took the photo took the photo of that creature. Yeah. Or, or ghost, whatever the fuck it and is. And, like, they did a whole variety of different, I suppose, photographic filters, filters and uh, kind of examined it in its negative light and all that kind of stuff. And it's really, really hard to gauge. I think it's more of a subjective kind of experience that's going to dictate what your interpretation of it actually is. So, like, for me- it was kind of a really, really clear-cut period piece in terms of the gown. And like I said, I had this image of a gagged mouth. But again, what we'll do is when we post it, we'd love for you to actually comment and yes, tell, tell us, us- Tell us what you see. What you see, what your interpretation is. Is it real? Is it fake? Because, you know, like I said, me and Tony are very polar opposites in this respect. And like, I think we're both open to the kind of scientific evidence- basis of the photo but again you know it's very hard when someone is you know open to the idea and then someone's very skeptical of the idea so we'd love to get your interpretation and tell us what you think 
Yeah, definitely. But the Hampton Court doesn't stop there. No. So, okay. it actually, dating back to 1515, it is actually considered one of the most haunted royal buildings in England. Yeah. So, Tony, do you want to, like, give an idea of how many, like, sightings and, like, kind of what people have said about it? Oh, shit. Uh, so, sighting-wise, oh, I, I honestly don't remember the number of sightings, but they've been countless. Yeah. Because well, supposedly it's over like a, 200 sightings. Something like yeah. that. Yeah. It's, it's it's a significant amount to, to make it notable and to be like, hmm, okay, this doesn't. This seems a bit... Which kind of works into a nice segue into the footage found at Hampton Court. Who's uh, your best mate? Okay, Captain Hook. No. Oh, Skeletor! <laughs> Where's He-Man? <laughs> um, <laughs> so, there's this some security footage taken from Hampton Court that was... It was it seemed kind of within the last 10 to 20 years. Yes. It looks like that footage was taken. Um, so, it looks like it's taken from a, a, a fire door, I think. Yes, at, at the back of the building. At the back of the building. Um, and it looks like they literally burst wide open, like they've been forcibly pushed open. Yeah. And you see this creature in, in like, period costume, which they have named Skeletor, <laughs> um, sort of peek out, like, sort of come out and then close the doors back. Yes, yes. It, now, yeah. this one I struggled to kind of think, oh, this could be true. Like, it just, to me, it just seems too fake because you see the, whatever it is, too clearly. It's very clear. It's it's pretty damn clear. It, to me, it looks like someone in a costume. It, look, it genuinely looks like a hooded man. Yeah. And I just keep going on that route of, hmm, okay, it's an old attraction. You know, maybe they're not getting enough tourism and whatnot. What's a good way to boost your numbers? Let's put out some security footage of like a haunting of someone that's of someone that's got hauntings, yeah. right? Just to bring more people in. Yeah. So I ca- I always had that in the back of my head, and it kind of made it hard for me to sort of look on the side of hmm, maybe there maybe that is something more to that than just a fake. Yeah, and it's interesting because the door actually flew open on three consecutive days, but that spectral being appeared on the second so you know it's not to say like this is kind of thing like it's very subjective in terms of your interpretation so i watched it and the gown that the entity is wearing looks dated like it's it's old it's definitely period so you know i think it kind of just leaves that door open for interpretation and again investigation like and i think one of the things that annoyed me about it as well is that no mention of who brought the footage forward. Yeah. No interviews with that person to describe what they had well, seen. Essentially, they when they did, it was the security guards who identified it through the footage. Um, but, but no names. There was no follow-up, essentially, done. Exactly. Like we said earlier, yeah. there's just no fucking follow-up. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's kind of the overwhelming question in that respect. Because ultimately, if we're going to do kind of that scientific investigation and have a look at you know, the spiritual world and the entity. I said to Tony, I'm going to have a look at Google Scholar. Right, yeah. This was my big thing. So, you know, obviously it's all good and well to review YouTube and kind of read articles on Google and whatever, but I wanted something more definitive in terms of how people are answering these sorts of questions. So there was two things that came up that were really overwhelming in a lot of the research. And what was talked about was light levels which essentially talked about, so the mixing of general light um, within 
you know, the environment yeah. mixed in with how the light image was distorted within the picture. Now, this was more sort of aimed at the, well, the actual the first image. photo. Yes, correct. And also the other hauntings of people seeing spectral figures yes. in, in the building. Yes. I think it's the, uh, what is it, the, 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 the gallery? What was the gallery called again? I don't know. They named it some pretty like scary gallery yeah, or something. Yeah, it was a it was a, a certain gallery in Hampton Hall that was infamous for hauntings. Yes, and supposedly there was a situation in which a, uh, two ladies half an hour apart had collapsed in the, in the exact, exact same spot, spot that one of the old ladies of esteem had actually died in that exact spot. Now, just for a little bit of background to Hampton Hall, now. The reason as to why I think a lot of people or a lot of the um, paranormal investigators have sort of looked into this and the history of the building is that this building was once home to King Henry. Yes. Where he well, where he lived with a lot of his wives. Yes. And a lot of his wives died in that building. Correct. Correct. So a lot of the ghostly apparitions are believed to have been his former wives. So it kind of leads into an idea I think that- one of the main ones was- was it Jane Seymour? Jane Seymour, and then there was uh, the Boleyn girl. Yeah, yeah. And, and was it Anne Boleyn? Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, and like I suppose, what's really kind of critical to mention is knowing the historical significance of that place and how you know potentially the wives had died. Does that play into the mindset of making people more potentially susceptible to? experience something in the environment or does that kind of, you know, provide a little bit of a bias? So going into that situation, someone who may have, you know, a more open mindset to ghosts and apparitions, are they more susceptible to seeing things like that? Exactly. So the other line of thought in terms of the scientific side of things, we kind of discovered something called geomagnetic energy. So, what it basically means was there was the interactions of the Earth itself and the way geothermal magnetic energy was emanating off the ground. um, From the Earth's core, I believe. Possibly, yeah. So, we didn't go into that heavier. I remember (laughs) reading it in that article you looked at. Um, But basically saying that this energy was manifesting and creating, I suppose, you know, changes in the environment. And also, I think, mucking around with sensors in the brain. Correct. Which it actually had like a neurological kind of uh, impact. So, with them two kind of variables at play, it's hard to ignore that there some of these hauntings or sightings or apparitions can't be explained away by potentially scientific answers. Yeah. So, again, this all filters back into, are you subjective? And being a skeptic or are you being open to the realism of it? So, that kind of, you know, where we're at with that is, you know, have we debunked it? Do you feel inclined to say that this should be investigated more? Or are you going to leave it to the unexplained? I think for the photos and the ghostly apparitions that people have seen and the women fainting and stuff... That needs to be further looked into. Absolutely. The footage of the security camera and that that person or Skeletor, for yeah. example. Wait, who? Um, Skeletor! <laughs> I'm, I'm calling Nat. Okay. No, okay. I just I don't, I don't buy it. Fair enough. Fair enough. What about you? Um, the image, 
I kind of have to leave it as unexplained. Like a lot of the distinctive features of the image, it's very hard to kind of for me to grapple and say that there's not some kind of element to that that I can't explain. Mm -hmm. I completely understand your point of view in terms of being skeptical about it. Yep. But I suppose just with my, I suppose, personal bias and being open to the other realm, yep. it's hard for me to ignore the idea that there are going to be certain things, especially when it comes to hauntings or sightings of things that are hard to explain away. But then there's also probably scientific explanations for that. So, you know, I, I kind of sit myself in the middle there. Okay. So, I kind of get both. Okay. Uh, Should we uh, just interject a little, uh, another one of your ghostly tales yes yes definitely we can so i suppose which, will, which one are you gonna i'm go gonna go now? dino's house you reckon dino's house yeah, or yeah. barry oh we can, barry's a nice and quick I reckon one we'll save dino okay dino's one for later you, yeah like give me a little you know run in with uh what your experience of barry is okay so um before i do that do you want to explain what barry is okay so when i was living with my ex-partner at a house that we'd moved into um, I had a sneaking suspicion that there was something else in the house. Now, it was a newly built townhouse. However, there was a lot of noises and stuff that me and Emma had heard, and it just didn't feel right. Like, it was nothing kind of malevolent in any way, but I just got a weird vibe that there was, you know, the sounds of footsteps upstairs or downstairs. And now, this is kind of a nice segue into what, Tony's experience of it was. Now, I was privileged enough for one night to be at your place. Yes. And to hear Barry. Because all I had heard before was just your stories of this Barry, right? Yes. Which you and your ex-partner named. Yes. This, this <laughs> I don't know why, Barry, but... But just, it was some, Barry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Now, we were there one night. I think we... I don't know what we were doing. I do. We were sitting at my table. Yeah. Me, you, and Tice, and... We were working on me doing my introduction for that uh, film review thing on Triple J. Right. Yeah. Yep. And I'm pretty sure I had this exact microphone I'm using right now. Yep. That night, I had it recording. You did. You that did. night. Unfortunately, it wasn't sensitive enough to pick up the noise. No. But all four of us heard it. We heard basically from upstairs, it sounded like a child running down the hallway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what it sounded like. And we all stopped. And what happened when I went upstairs? The chair was moved. Yeah. So, you know, again, that's something that we have firsthand experience in. Yeah. As to what it was, we'll never know. Nope. Um, good luck to the tenants that followed us. I hope it doesn't end up like an Amityville uh, where your husband shoots all of you. Just don't be nasty to Barry. Yeah, Barry's, Barry's fantastic. Just let him do what he wants to do. Yeah. He might run around upstairs. Just don't yell at him to stop running around the house. Or go, Barry, go fuck yourself. Um, <laughs> yeah, someone you made a big fat bogan cunt. You didn't do that. I didn't. Did I would not part. muck around with you that shit. You did the first part. I did. I told Barry to go fuck himself. You did. Yeah. Numerous <laughs> times. Fucking hell. Taunting um, ghosts, you idiot. I know. But you know what uh, I'm like. So, yeah. Moving on from that, we're going to get into the Mothman. Mothman. The Mothman. So this right. is a, this is a cool one. This I is a cool one, but we're going to try and keep this condensed because we've got a lot to get through. Yes, we do. So Mothman basically is built into West Virginia folklore. So it was actually a creature that was reportedly seen in Point Pleasant uh, around November 12, 1966 to about 1967. Now, the first newspaper report that was published uh, titled 
Couples see man-sized bird creature something, which is, you know, indicative of having watched all the videos and footage. Which we what was the one common factor that we kept hearing? <laughs> <laughs> Should I say it normal or do you want me no, with the fuck voice? No, normal. Do the oh, voice. So, the most common feature between all the sightings was them big red eyes. <laughs> So the most common feature was that every sighting stated that this bird-like creature, Mothman, with always had big red eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and again, I will put an image of people's, you know, understanding of what the Mothman actually looked like. Um, now, look, there's been other sightings around the globe, and in terms of like kind of the examination that we did, there was nothing really definitive apart no. from what happened at Point Pleasant. Yeah, so the, the, I think the one that stood out to me the most, as far as like the Mothman stories, was I think it was the very first sighting of it where the couple was saying they were driving down this Fuck, road. That was at night, terrifying. That which, um, from what they described, and they did show the road that it was done on. Yeah. Um, and it looked just like a really just dead straight. It's like a drag long, strip. Exactly. They described it as a drag strip, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Just a really long stretch of road in the middle of buttfuck nowhere. Now, what they had done is they were driving along and they saw them big red eyes in the <laughs> rearview mirror. <laughs> yeah. Coming closer towards them. Yeah. So, starting to freak out, the, the, the guy starts literally like hammering the car. I think they end up going at about 100, 100 miles an, an hour. hour. 100 miles an hour. 100 miles an hour. Yeah. And the thing still kept up with them. Yeah. And apparently it had landed on their roof. Yeah. Um, didn't really do anything. Just no. sort of stayed on the roof and then eventually just bug it off. Yeah. So hearing that kind of stuff, it obviously makes you question like what the fuck is going to- They tried to explain it being a red crane bird or some yeah, shit. Yeah, a red crane, um, some, I uh, think like a barn owl yeah, as there, well. There was a lot of um, kind of elaborate explanations yeah. to try and explain away the- Big red eyes! <laughs> um, but there's one thing that me and you came to the conclusion of yeah. is that yes, you can substitute it and think that oh, maybe it was this kind of bird or this kind of bird, but what bird- can fly at 100 miles an hour. Yeah, exactly. Not even a falcon can fly at 100 miles an hour. No, no. And that's the fastest bird in the sky. And obviously, you know, that's his first-hand account, the guy that obviously that was talking about- And that was in, what, 1967? Was it 66 or 67? Oh, well, 1966 to 67, around that period. Anyways, but that's from back then. I mean, that's- like, no, no flying creature flies that quickly. No. And, and I suppose the kind of definitive aspect of the Mothman uh, idea is, you know, the reports that were kind of spread around at that time, it actually made this connection between the sightings and then the collapse of the Silver Bridge. Yeah. So that there was this ominous, you know, feeling that the idea of Mothman was related to bad things happening. That came later on because it before did. It did. that had happened, Mothman was just seen as like this urban legend, like protector of the forest sort of style yeah. creature yeah. at the start. But then when there was a sighting at the Silver Bridge yeah. in Point Pleasant, then what? how long after was it? The, the, did the bridge collapse? Oh, fuck. Uh, like seven days? It's like seven days later, yeah. the bridge collapsed. And then from that point on, that's where the kind of the folklore was of Mothman being an omen to disaster began. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so, based off what you watched and understood from the documentaries and stuff that we 
how do you, how do you feel about it? Like, what are your thoughts on it? It's a tough one. It is. It's a very I'm, tough I'm gonna one. I'm going to leave Only that because unexplained. It's unexplained. And again, it's just that lack of research. And especially how much the town of Point Pleasant sort of took up and sort of bought into the whole Mothman legend. And yeah. Erecting a statue in the town of it and having festivals every year for Mothman and that sort of stuff. And they have like, like an influx of, what, I think five to 7,000 people, which is like double the town's yeah, uh, population. Yeah, basically their main point of revenue for the correct, town every correct. year. But the fact that they go to all this effort to sort of celebrate and like and sort of do all this stuff with Mothman, why has no one looked into this further? Yeah, yeah. No one has. Yeah. It's just, it's unexplained. Exactly. But why? Yeah. I still don't understand why with every single sort of, myth or creature that we've come across is that you get to a certain point with the investigation and then nothing. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely nothing. Like, yeah. Why? I know. So that's one we'll leave at that. Now, let's get into this one because this is extensive. This We did a lot of extensive research on this one. This is probably the most infamous of oh, the- 100%. Actually, do we have any others? No, because I knew that this one was going to take up a bulk of time. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so this is the big. This is this is easily the biggest mystery or biggest like mythological creature sighting that's ever been known, and everyone knows it. Literally, yes. everybody knows. I will it. say one word, and you'll know exactly what we're talking about. Bigfoot, Sasquatch, Sasquatch. <laughs> Not Wookie, <laughs> dickhead. <laughs> that's in a galaxy far, far away. True, true. Um, but yeah, Bigfoot. I mean. It, it's literally the biggest myth or urban legend, whatever you want to call it. It yeah. really is. It really has established itself as that. Definitely. So Bigfoot kind of is premised around the idea of the uh, being located in North America and the Pacific Northwest. Yes. Predominantly all the sightings and kind of, you know, run-ins and encounters have all stemmed from that. And you can see through all the documentaries that we watched, everyone that was reporting it had been located around that area. Yes. So- you know, Sasquatch actually means, based off what, like, the Indian folk Native culture, American. Native American, uh, it means wild man of the woods. Yeah. So, you know, initially, when you think of Bigfoot, I always thought as a soul entity. I never thought of as potentially more. No, me neither. But then we kind just, of investigated it more. Yeah, you just always thought Bigfoot, Bigfoot. Yeah, you know, it's but then like I was big, like- Big monkey style thing that is in the woods somewhere. But then we think about the time frame of the sightings, which date back, obviously, fucking early, early days. Yeah, because um, I think in one of the documentaries we were watching, um, one of the researchers had found this, like, a really old um, Native American, I think it was, like, a basket? Yeah. Or something like that, and it had, like, the weavings on it, and, like, you could clearly see, like, the different side of the characters that they had, like, horses, people. Yeah. Um, and just a bunch of other stuff on there. But there was one predominant figure that they had on there that they just couldn't explain what it was. Yes. And that date, and that predates, I'm pretty sure it predated white colonization. Yeah, exactly. And it's interesting that you say that because there was that situation where, remember when, like they were talking about, that there was no monkey inhabitants in that period. So they've gone out and carved monkey heads. Yeah. And without kind of any material to work from. Exactly. What would they have gotten it from? Where was your source material? Like, how the fuck do you come across a monkey in the middle of the Pacific Northwest? Exactly. So, that's obviously a pretty damning piece of evidence. Not to mention all the footprints. The footprints are literally the most damning evidence of the lot. And 
Dr. Meldrum, one of the most renowned professors, has actually said that the cast of the footprints is probably the most evidence provided that would give kind of credence to the idea that Bigfoot kind of exists. Yeah. So, you know, he was well, aware that everyone calling him kooky and all I that I remember kind of from shit. what he was saying that the footprints is what got him Hooked. invested yeah. into the idea of Bigfoot's existence. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who probably, uh, if you have or haven't seen it, there's footage that dates back to 1957 where Bigfoot, it's probably the most infamous piece of footage. Yes. Where he's walking and kind of glances back to look at the person with the camera. Uh, was it uh, Roger? Patterson. Roger Patterson. That's, that's it. Right. And yeah. so if you have a look. And he went on a specific expedition to for like 10 years. Yeah. He went on a specific expedition to, I think it was, to find Bigfoot. Yeah. And he went with, I think, one of the world's first like film video cameras. Yeah. Yeah. And- this guy to kind of give you a preface of how, you know, it, like the sort of guy he was. He actually went to the uh, the where, Nepal mm. and to kind of study the idea of the Yeti there for 10 years as well. Yes. So he's built his life around basically confirming this and checking to see what kind of evidence we have. Is it real? Is it fake? That kind and of situation. Even prior to him doing his hunt for Yeti. He, before that, was a big game hunter. Exactly. So, he knew how to He's lived and breathed that life. Exactly. And I suppose another aspect of the evidence was the hair follicles that were found on expeditions, Mm. that which were indicated that it had come from unknown origins, but were confirmed to have come from human chimpanzee gorilla group. Yes. So, not confirming to say that it was a gorilla, not saying that it was a human, but that there was an unknown source- Exactly. And that that category. all that they could do was literally just put it into that bracket. That was literally it. Yeah. Um, I suppose one of the most interesting aspects that we kind of had a look into was the Falcon Project. Ooh. So, do you want to kind of give an understanding for them? What I'll that let was you about? take that one. So, the Falcon Project was basically established. What me and Tony were talking about in previous uh, segments about the different creatures and shit. And... Um, where they wanted to do more thorough research and investigation into the Bigfoot phenomenon. So, what they were going to establish was like a hot air, hot, hot, not a hot like air a blimp. A blimp, basically. exactly. That had cameras attached and like, I suppose, you know, thermal imaging, all that kind of stuff. Yep. Considering that majority of the areas that Bigfoot's been sighted in the Pacific Northwest are unable to be accessed, like the locations, because of such dense scrub and And forestry. Forestry, exactly. So, they've come up with the idea. And this was in 2012, 2013 that we read about the Falcon Project. And basically, they were going to push this out, this idea to do this research. And I think it was like about $100,000 a month that it was going to cost them to do it, from what I was reading. I believe so, yeah. Um, So... I like that they've taken it that next step to kind of follow on, you know, and that was kind of the idea that we kept pushing about following on from the research. So, it's so important, I suppose, to be at a stage where, you know, now that we've got the technological advancements to kind of commit to research, doing proper scientific investigation, that who's to say that in 20 to 30 years, that we might have a confirmation of Bigfoot. Maybe, but then it's it's also that frustrating point again where the idea was proposed back in 20, 
was it 2013? Yeah. And nothing's been heard of it since. No, no. And like I, like we even tried to look for more data on correct. the Falcon project. Yeah. And there's nothing. No. So, you know, there was kind of an interesting angle that was discussed in one of the later documentaries, I think, which was in 2013, saying that maybe that there's an element of the government that is trying to conceal this as to what reasons, I couldn't tell you. Like that That's something that, you know, I suppose we're never going to know, that big black book of secrets no. that the American government has. Right. God only knows what's fucking in it. Yeah. So, you know, maybe there's that element to it. We don't know. But it's hard to dispute after watching the documentaries, the evidence that was presented, that there could, in fact, be, and the potential that there is a Bigfoot yeah. slash clan of big feet <laughs> um, out there. Yeah. And, you know, with the way a lot of the descriptions from uh, people who have seen or potentially seen it, it's hard to dispute with over three to 400 sightings that everyone kind of has this common understanding that they all have- They had black eyes. They didn't have oh, sorry, eyes. I'm going they back to They didn't have Mothman. red eyes. <laughs> they didn't have them big red eyes. <laughs> they only had black eyes. Yes. Um, but the descriptions that they gave- Were so were all similar. Very uniform. Mm. Like, it always had the same look. Exactly. Exactly. So- And even, like, the footprints, for example, it wasn't just a couple of footprint models that they found. There's fuck off heaps. They had, like, what, things like 134 footprints something or like something that. like that. Yeah. And they're even going down to the, the whole thing of, like, that Bigfoot- is like that they're saying that it is possibly an intelligent creature that covers up its tracks on purpose. Yes, yes. So as to not be found because to a degree they believe that it knows that its greatest threat is, is man. man. Yeah, yeah. And, and that, that, I suppose that's kind of crazy to think, you know, that maybe it's that, you know, intermediate space between the evolutionary chain of gorilla or monkey yeah. to man. And there's some creature that currently exists that we don't know about that kind of is that fills that space, which is just fucking crazy. And can we just go to say that looking at all the stuff about Bigfoot, yeah, they don't just call it Bigfoot just because of the big footprints. They're it's, fuck off feet. It's fucking like the the actual just autonomy of the thing is huge. Absolutely massive. Bigfoot is at least close to eight feet tall. And they were Almost, saying about 400 pounds. No, more. I think it was like six to 700 pounds. No, I'm talking pounds. baby pounds. Uh, uh, baby pounds? Baby pounds. Um, fucking the smaller versions of it were saying, they were saying that it was like four to 600 pounds. The yeah. larger ones were obviously a lot bigger. Yeah, almost like almost eight, 800 pounds. Yeah. But like, that's a big fucking unit. Yeah, that is. That you know, is that's massive. huge. And like- And like, even, I think they even made a mold of skull of what oh was my, it proposed. Was fucking and massive. they put it next to a gorilla skull. The gorilla skull looked dwarf to this uh, to the Bigfoot skull. Literally. Nuts. And I suppose it's what's huge. really interesting, just as a final kind of point, you know, you think about it, only in the last 10 years did we discover African tribes living out in the Amazon. Yeah. Remember that footage of that guy shooting his fucking bow and arrow off the shores of some Amazonian river? Yeah. And I'm like- this is a group of people that have been undiscovered for that long and that we've now come across. Yeah. Who's to say that there potentially is or isn't some kind of hominid creature living out in the Pacific Northwest in a clan or on its own? I don't know. So, yeah. you know, sits with me that I'm going to say that there is definitive kind of evidence to suggest that there is a creature. I don't know what it is. 
I'm not going to speculate, yeah. but more investigation needs to be done. And hopefully the definitely. Falcon Project can provide that. Yeah, I think there definitely is like substantial ground to look into this further and to actually see it more as just like a myth or it's just like, oh, it's just Bigfoot. It's like, no, there's more to it. Yeah, absolutely. Like, absolutely. It seems in the realm of, you know, crazy. Yeah. And like, oh, yeah, you believe in gorilla men that live in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. yeah. But there's just too much. And, no, we're not talking to about Tony. We're talking about gorilla men. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's too. There's too much evidence to say that there's nothing. Yes, and exactly. that's all a hoax. Exactly, like it just, it's too damn. So like even in the footprints, like some of the ones we saw, you can even see like you know how on your hands you can see kind of like your fingerprint, right? Yeah. They even had that style. Yeah. Imprint on the plaster mold exactly. from the footprint. Like that's pretty insane. Yeah. So okay, well I'm gonna fit in one more story, and then I'm gonna go to a segment. Oh yeah, that we that we forgot last we forgot last time. we forgot. Yep. So we're going to do a throwback for that. Okay. So the quick story that I'll quickly run through is: I was actually invited by a mate of mine to come and stay over at his sister's house. Now his sister's house is in Coburg, and my mate, who basically had said there was a little boy spirit that had frequented the house um, on numerous occasions. His sister had confirmed the story every time I spoke to her. And then, so two of my mates decided to stay over the house one night because we were like, oh, well, let's go for a swim. They've got a pool, all that kind of situation. Anyway, so they went over there first and I was doing something at home. So I was kind of a little bit preoccupied at the time. Anyways, what had happened was when they were there, I got a call from him. And what he had said was, Brad, you're coming over, you're staying the night. And I was like, <laughs> Why? Why? And, the, and just for those li- for your listeners out there, the friend that Brad is mentioning was on a previous episode with us on the uh, Evolution of Music episode, Dean. Yes, correct. So, it's that Dean. So, we went over and, like, Dino's quite a skeptic of that situation. Like, he's open to ideas and whatever. But, you know, until I went to that house, you know, obviously, I went in kind of a bit skeptical. But, you know, with enough of an open mind to see what this was all about. So, I got there and it kind of got rolled around to nighttime. Adam and Dino were sleeping next to each other in the bed. Not in a gay way, but just saying. And I dumped myself in the lounge room on the couch because supposedly the pitter-patter of young feet would be heard regularly throughout the hallway, which was the separating kind of space between where the lounge room was and where the bedroom was. And that night... I will confirm for everyone that I did hear the pitter-patter of feet. It was, you know, it's very distinct when you hear an adult walking compared to when a child walks. And we all kind of woke up to the sound of it. And Dino said, you can hear that, can't you? And I absolutely can confirm on Rebels Without a Clue, episode fucking (laughs) 70, what, one? 70, what? (laughs) What? (laughs) 71. 71. That, yes, I'm for the opinion that there was a lit- <laughs> What? Sorry. 70 what? <laughs> 71. Episode 71. That there was a presence of feet that I'd heard throughout there. Now, it wasn't kind of a malevolent feeling at all. I feel like it was just a misplaced kind of potential child spirit. I don't know. I don't know the circumstances of what happened at the house prior to his sister moving in, but I know that that house- 
was quite old and it had been there for a really long time. So, you know, it may have been an idea to look into the history of the house, but for now, I'm going to leave it at that it was interesting um, and pretty scary at that time. There we go. There we go. Cool. All right. Cool spooky story. Segment time. Segment time. I can't, we've, uh, apologies for last time for us not remembering yes. to do the segment because um, we did have a bit of feedback. People seem to like this segment. Yeah. so um- Regardless of how stupid this fucking <laughs> will get, and I apologize in advance if my dumb cuntness actually <laughs> emerges through this segment. I'm not apologizing for shit. No, no. All right. Well, <laughs> I know mine are going to be dumb. I'm going to- I'm purposely making them dumb. I'll give you your first one. So, before we go, let's just explain the okay, segment again. So, it. what we're doing is- you know how, like, when you pick up a movie on, like, a hard copy of a movie and it'll usually have, like, a quick sort of catchphrase to describe the movie in, like, a sentence or two? Yeah. Right? So, what we're going to do is we're going to make our own. We're just going to list. Each of us will give each other a movie title, like, to make a catchphrase for. Yeah. So, um, so I'll start it off for you, Brad. Okay. Raging Bull. Okay. Raging Bull. Move out of the way or you're going to get hurt. <laughs> What? Yeah, fucking hell. What? It's a raging bull. Fuck you. What? <laughs> Move out of the That's way. That's not even what the movie's about. No, nah, but I didn't want to focus on that. I wanted to focus on the actual practical understanding of raging bull. <laughs> raging bull. De Niro learns to box. Ouch. I fell down. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best oh, wait, wait. One. Raging bull. Ooh, that hurt. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Raging bull. Oops, I missed. <laughs> oh, oops, I missed. Counter. <laughs> okay. Yours is no country for old men. Oh, no. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> no country for old men. No country for old men. Hey, we're young here. <laughs> <laughs> no country for old men. Shut up, old man. <laughs> Oh, God. Okay. I've never seen it. I don't know what it's about. <laughs> All right. Next one. Next one. Next one. <laughs> you right. pick. You uh, pick. Oh, okay. The Exorcist. The Exorcist. Ah, oh, fuck. Your uh, mother cooks socks in hell. <laughs> if anyone saw that meme that I posted on our Facebook page. The Exorcist. The Exorcist. Um, Let me think. Let me think. The Exorcist. Fuck. Have you got anything? I already said mine. Your mother cooks socks in hell. The Exorcist, Devil Girl Vomits. The Exorcist, Cross in a Pussy. Oh! <laughs> Christ! Well, it is. She does that. Yuck. Okay. Yuck. Next one we've got to find. Uh, Let's go. Fuck, slow down, cunt. Oh, okay. La La Land. <sighs> <laughs> Bitch, he gave you everything and you left him. Fuck you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Whoa. That was dark. <laughs> okay, next one. But she fucking- he got her the opportunity to fucking take her career forward. She made a big- Instead of like getting contact back with him again, to go, hey, let's pick up where we left off. Well, you're no, a- she met someone else and fucked off. You're what emotionally invested in that film, Tony. You know, the funny thing is I actually haven't seen it. Oh, okay. Okay, next. I'll just listen to it on the podcast and that's the ending. Like, fuck, <laughs> fuck okay. you. Okay. Fuck you. Okay, your turn to give me uh, one now. Um, oh, this would just be a lot of funny ones. <laughs> Forrest Gump. <laughs> oh, oh Forrest Gump. Shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> Forrest Gump. 
Hey, Lieutenant Dan, I got ice cream. <laughs> Forrest Gump. A bunch of retards talking to each other. Lieutenant no, Dan's no, no, fucked. No, no, no. Bubba's sh- fucked. Forrest Gump's fucked. His fucking girlfriend's fucked. Forrest Gump. You got new legs, Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. One more for each. Hold on. Oh, Forrest no, no. Gump. Okay. One more. Go. Bitch gets AIDS and comes crawling back to Forrest. <laughs> it has double entendre to that. Okay. All right. What do you got? Stop. Whiplash. Whiplash. Brumps. Whiplash. Ow. <laughs> Whiplash. Surprisingly not about a car accident. Whiplash. I need a seatbelt. Whiplash. TAC. <laughs> You're an idiot. I oh, know. Next. You're right. an okay, idiot. Okay. Final one for me now. Oh, God. All right. Uh, let's go with the good, the bad, and the ugly. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Whoa. There's lots of people. <laughs> <laughs> you were so unsure of that. Well, I didn't know. I just rolled with it. Whoa. <laughs> That's yeah, let your mouth just talk. <laughs> That's a lot of people. (laughs) Uh, What about you? You got anything? You got anything? (laughs) The good, the bad, and the ugly. Tony's just having an emphysema fit. Oh, my God. (laughs) The good, the bad, the ugly. And you're pointing at me, you bastard. Fuck you. I didn't mean that like that, but I'm saying come up with one. Um, Good, the bad, and the ugly. Oh, crap. It's not easy, this one. No, it's not. It's a toughie. It's a toughie. Actually, can you think of an oops one? For the good, the bad, and the ugly. Oh, fuck. You put me on the spot now. Oops. I shot everyone. Oops. There's no middle ground. Ah, fucking leave it alone. Let's just fuck off the from middle, this now. There's We're no done. middle ground? Yeah, you're like, you know, there's fucking, there's good, there's bad, and there's ugly. Where's the middle ground, you cunts? Okay. And that's that, right. that's it. We're done. Yeah, yeah. Let us know what you thought of this segment. Yeah. If you haven't done so already, guys, be sure to go like and subscribe us on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, whatever other platform you use for your podcasts. And also follow us on our social medias on Instagram, Rebels Without a Clue 03, Twitter, Rebels Without a 1, Facebook, Rebels Without a Clue podcast, as well as Generation Random Network Facebook page and Discord channel. There we go. And that's, uh, that's a go. wrap. Um, all... Oh, yeah, I did mention it last episode, but I'll mention it again. Um, you guys can also find our episodes on YouTube. Um, link is up on our Facebook page. So if you want to find us on YouTube, jump onto our Facebook page and you'll be able to find it there. And you can let us just have it playing in the background while you clean your house. Damn straight. That's what it. we're good for. Give you a bit of a giggle while you do some mundane chores. Yes. Well, that was fun. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, until next time. Fucking not. Fucking not.